right, let's, let's just put this into perspective. If you had the money, would you upgrade to the Ultra based on rumors and kind of the speculation of what it's going to be now? Based on rumors, yes. If I had the money, yes. Because here's my thing. Um, obviously, we know Titanium's coming to the Pro lineup mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for the 15, and then we assume you know the Ultra for the 16, or if they have to push it back to the 17, that's also going to have titanium. My question really comes down to, is the Ultra going to be more of the max? You know, is it going to have like a large screen, big battery and stuff like that? Because, well, here's the thing. I think it's going to have to outdo anything. Like it has, I think it has to go beyond our expectations. Um, But I mean, I the, that's going to be hard to do. <laughs> Well, I mean, not see, because our expectations Apple, are so high, do but it. because it's like what's already I, out there. Because I feel right. like if they're already shrinking the bezels, like that's going to make be a big game changer for a lot of people because they're hardly going to be there. Right. Um, large screens. I mean, that's kind of like an old game that companies play between each other. Like we're going to have a larger screen. Honestly, you can't play that game anymore because you're pushing tablet size. So right, exactly. I think the ultra for me is... If it's too big, I'm not going to get it. I, th- I think I would just go for, you know, the, the pro. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I guess I can see where you're, you're, where you're coming from because maybe we can't really contemplate what the ultra could be because there's just certain features or a feature that we're not thinking of that it could just flat out blow the competition out of the water. Yeah. Um, what that is, I have no idea. I mean, I mean, they'd really have to advance like the cameras or I think it would be, I think one area where they could really advance is wireless charging. Yes. Heck even wired charging. But I think, I think that will come with C. So, well, ac- yeah, actually there was a rumor and I didn't put it in here, but there was a uh, discussion of them actually implementing 35 watt charging. Uh, not wireless, mm. uh, but wired for the 15 right. series, which would be great, although I feel like it's past due. And this is the thing where I feel like it's Apple has had the potential for the last few years and still does to make a brilliant phone. I know that they can make an amazing phone, but they yeah. they always do this every single time where they just slowly add upgrades to the phone making it feel like you have to buy it because, hey, look, there's another addition to this. Or we changed the way this looks. We added some better performance. Uh, so this is why you should buy it because of X, Y, and Z. When in yeah. reality is the whole lineups for the last three years have been basically Very similar. negligible. You can make yeah. arguments like, okay, they did, they changed that. That was a cool change. I liked it. But like all in all, I mean, there was the whole topic of one guy on, uh, I think it was Phone Arena. I can't remember exactly. And he said that he switched back to the iPhone 11. Mm-hmm. And in his title, he said, I am not really missing out on a whole lot. What did he downgrade from? Uh, the 14. The 14, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it was just a, it was really interesting because you, you would expect from four different generations that there would be a massive amount of differences and that you would actually be losing on a few things, but really not so much. Uh, megapixels? I mean, I mean, yeah, like, let, 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 just think about that for a second. If you're comparing the 14 to the 11, which I'm sure some people have probably done on YouTube, um, there are some, you know, distinctive specifications that would make you think, okay, I really do need the 14. Yeah. Uh, it's has OLED, uh, 11 has, uh, LCD, 
Correct. Maybe yeah. theoretically the battery life could be better. Who knows? Because there's better power efficiency and such. Uh, cameras. So there's a whole bunch of things. And so it really depends on the consumer and whether or not it matters to you on do you want a better camera or has Apple done enough to actually uh, satisfy your photography needs? And I think based yeah. on the average consumer, I don't really think you can get too much better. I mean, you can always improve. And I think a lot of that comes down to, like we've said, without fail, uh, is post-image processing. So there's that whole aspect to it. I think you'll find uh, one of my topics here. Uh, maybe this is actually my blind topic is really good because it's going to blow what you just said out of the water to extensively. <laughs> well, there you go. OK, well, we'll be looking forward to that one. Yeah. And I mean, we really could. We really could compare the 11 to the 14 if, if that's what he did. But to kind of bring that around, uh, even I, when I tested out the uh, 14 Pro, could I probably finagle myself to say, hey, I, I, could, I could probably actually do a full trade in or whatever, or mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. and buy it? Uh, yeah, I probably could have. And I kind of came to the same conclusion, like, I just don't think it's worth it. I'm not going to spend that much money on what I feel is maybe a larger sensor in the camera department and a dynamic island. It just didn't make sense for me. And that's why I didn't get it. So it's it's really yeah, it's really interesting. And I think what you were saying kind of makes sense as well, because uh, you're talking about how they advertise their performance and the power and going down to all the nitty gritty of the technology and the chips and what they've made adjustments on and yeah. smaller nanometer processors. Uh, I think they've kind of gotten to that point of which many people have said this of complacency and they do a lot of compelling graphical ad- advertising when it comes to their events. Yes. And that's part of what I makes you think. I actually think this is worth upgrading when a lot of the tech enthusiasts like you and I, Marquez, uh, Zello tech, uh, other people out there are looking at there like these are really minimal changes and it's not really worth the upgrade, even though many of us in the tech tubing community could afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then you just have the other side of the marketing on the events is the average Apple fanboy who would just upgrade to any generation, any year or every year. But um, we actually have an inflation update to start off with, and that's Amazon Prime Music. Which we're not going to ooh and out over this. This is just us updating you because prices are rising. So that's just the trend and we're going to go with it. So if you are on Amazon Prime or I, even if you're not and you're using their Prime Music, you'll notice a um, $1 increase. I think it was, what, $9.99 to $10.99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nothing crazy there, but just know that if you have other streaming services and they add up, then yeah, you'll notice it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, for the family plan, they also increased a uh, dollar there as well, from fifteen ninety nine to sixteen ninety nine. Which again, a dollar. I don't think it's really going to make that much of a difference, but not really. I mean, I think on if you if you think, look at it from an annual perspective, yeah, probably. But in either case, actually going along with uh, audio streaming, Spotify, they are noticing this interesting trend of white noise or relaxing background sound channel trending due to Mm -hmm. the algorithm. So I'm kind of curious what you thought about this and the fact that they're adjusting it because they think it's not valuable or I think it's mostly hilarious that the actual (laughs) 
<laughs> the actual stinking algorithm yeah. that's supposed to detect talk actually thought that this white noise was talk, um, which is funny to me. But uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe for them, they're seeing it and they are losing some money. Uh, and that's quite plausible. Uh, I mean, the, the way I see it, though, is if you have those types of things where people are actually listening to them, you are making money regardless. And especially well, that's what they what I say, was thinking, 3 yeah. million daily consumption hours as of January of this year. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. And I know my wife and I listen to um, that kind of stuff um, yeah. as we sleep uh, through the night. So honestly, I feel like this, in my opinion, at least, I feel like this was a shoddy move. By Spotify. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like, I wasn't so, oh, gun ho, we need to, like, Spotify is screwing everyone up. Yeah, no But I did feel works. like it was, like you were saying, kind of a shoddy move. And I don't know. I mean, if, if these podcast channels are actually making money off of it, then so be it. I mean, they've, they've had these, you know, recordings and such, and they're uploading yeah. them. And people are following them. And that's the same. I mean, like, I actually listened to... um it's actually not technically white noise. It's actually green noise, which I don't know if you have heard of that. I've heard of it, yeah. There's noise. also pink noise. There's, there, it's a, a rainbow of noise. And I listen to it um, mm-hmm. because I, I kind of find that relaxing. But it's just yeah. like I don't think it's that big of a deal because like you were saying, if the ad revenue is still there, then what's the big deal? This is just what people are you know interested in and then they're still listening to it. So Yeah, I think, I think it also comes to an issue of like it technically is not a podcast. So I feel like maybe it should be charged in a different way, if that makes sense. But okay, I, I still I still think they should, you know, allow them to have some revenue because at the end of the day, Spotify is still making money off of this. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I, mean, I, I can kind of see what they're talking about with like adjusting the algorithm and stuff like that or, or making specific changes. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like this obviously has a decent size following and there's a place yeah, for it in the for sure in the audio streaming market so yeah like i said i don't think this is like a major dramatic type of topic no. that we're bringing up here but at just the same something time, to think about like it was hilarious i mean eighteen thousand dollars per month for some of these uh podcasters quote unquote uh that yeah. were able to get you know ad revenue and it's just i i thought <laughs> it was it was hilarious so yeah in either case uh moving on to x as we love yeah. to call it. Yeah, I know we've discussed a lot extensively on certain decisions that Musk has made. And so far, most, if not majority of them, are just poor decisions. But this one, I really think, tops the cake. And basically, Musk has uh, went to Twitter X. X is the name. And, uh, hey, that, that there's there's some Twitter, Twitter X. X. Could have added an X on Twitter. Would have been fine. We wouldn't have to add all this mess. Anyway, um, basically went to X and said that he is considering and will probably uh, remove the option to block other people. Mm. And this is a major issue on multiple levels. Number one, yeah, you're causing a, a problem of people not being able to block others from harassing you. Uh, and yeah. that could have been a different assortment of, you know, whatever. And it's bad because if you have people, you also have people stalking you on profiles. Like that's a bad issue as well. Yeah. Um, this also comes in with another factor because Apple and Android have, uh, a Terms and conditions regulation, yep. 
a term in terms of conditions where if you have a social media platform yeah for the uh user generated content you have to allow uh blocking to be enabled otherwise your app gets booted or you can't even apply for the app like have it um yeah so there's there's a lot of issues and i don't even know if musk actually and even the the person who wrote this specific article um agrees with this particular ideas i don't even know if musk actually knows or knew about apple's guidelines yeah those are it's like really interesting because i feel like half the time he's making these choices and it's he's completely oblivious to like things that are already in place that right prevent him from doing such uh, we saw that happen with the character limitation on apps for the app store yeah. from apple <laughs> So it's obvious that he's kind of just running through these things and being like, oh, this is what I prefer. So this is what other people should prefer, which in a way kind of reminds me of Apple uh, because (laughs) they do limit to you on options. But to him, it's like they're not for somebody that spent this much money on a social media platform. They're not thought through. No. All the way. You can clearly tell they're not thought through. No. So it really was surprising that he came out and did this. And I. He said along the lines of, you know, you just need to mute the other person. Okay, that solves like certain areas and aspects of the platform. But like you were saying, there's other caveats that should be addressed. Yes. And that blocking is the solution to that. Correct. So I just I couldn't believe that when I saw it and I was like, oh, my word, are you serious again? (laughs) I know. I'm just I'm waiting for another day where I, I read something else about Elon making another poor decision. Like I said last time, I want to believe that Musk has this huge idea, destroy this platform (laughs) and bring it back from its roots and just reincarnate it somehow. But like in retrospect from face value, I just don't see how that's possible. Uh, And I like, I appreciate Musk. I like, I like the guy a lot. He's super intelligent, you know, with Tesla and and all that kind of stuff. But like the way that he's handled this platform has just been ridiculous. I don't see a way coming out of this. Well, the funny thing is, is like what you're saying. Yeah, the way he's handling this almost counteracts to that intelligence. And it's like he's an idiot. Yeah, he's just I know, right? Complete puts in a different perspective. So much of a fiasco with all this type of CEO moves, which obviously he's not the actual designated CEO anymore. But still, it's like, where Mm -hmm. are you coming from with this crap? But in either case, um. Yeah, I saw a lot of comments on there like, this is not going to go through. There's no way it's going to happen because of obviously the policies that are in place. Yeah. Which I really don't expect. This is, uh, I think the even article said like, he's talking about doing this and it probably could never happen or we'll never hear of it again. It's like, why? We could analyze this like crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, we really uh, to could. Get in the mind, to get in the mind of a billionaire is just going to be a little too difficult at, at the yeah. current stage that we're in. <laughs> You've got a topic on uh, xbox i think right yeah a little gaming uh update here so uh you don't really do a whole lot of gaming and well actually you don't do gaming at all do you no i do well okay you do pc gaming don't you i do i play terraria cod uh rounds with some of my friends um it's really yep. fun but yeah I, I don't have an xbox so yeah yeah you, oh, you used to have an xbox though i so. used to yeah things have ch- changed since then so. things have changed, <laughs> changed. yes things have yes. changed uh, yes because you went back through, you had the 360, so... I had two 360s, and they both were bad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so we've had the Xbox One, uh, quite a few variations of that. Then we the had One the S. Xbox One S. X, uh, and then one the X, X Series. 
Series X. Yeah, Series so X, yeah. it's it's been a while, while since uh, you've been on the platform. But in either case, there's a yep. new strike system out. And I guess from someone who does game, do you, are you actually in favor of how this works with so many strikes being against you and then basically banning you from interactivity on the platform for like a year, I believe is what they're taught. They're saying. I think it really depends on the offense that you've made. Right. Um, Which they talked about that. Yep. Yeah, they did. And I, I 100% agree with that. But it, it, it looks like... Uh, they're making it very broad uh, in a sense of what kinds of things constitute uh, as such. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's a good idea, obviously, because you should you should have consequences to doing things that are just not appropriate, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if you start to kind of move the post of like, well, this is bad as well, even though it's really not then I think you have an issue where users should be able to counteract that and say, no, listen, this is not at all what we are, are here for. Uh, there's plenty of things that are totally okay uh, that some people might find offensive, but that's just... Yeah, which uh, I don't know if exactly if this came through because I was kind of trying to understand the back end of this. So when I'm guessing like as, as far as the community goes, they kind of mark somebody as violating the policy or whatever and xbox reviews it or is is the mark are just automatically made because i feel like that could just be trolling in and of itself yeah i i mean here's the issue where i see um i think i might have mentioned this in a past episode in our uh, started tech talk um but i mm-hmm. in youtube there were multiple instances where people youtubers got strikes um because the algorithm heard a certain something being said and then it's uh, sent it to YouTube and then they were given a strike when in reality they never said Oh yeah, that. that's right. And yes, that's right. Um, if you used a uh, algorithmic based sensor, I guess if you want to put like that, probably can't, that's probably the yeah. wrong word. You have to be careful because it is not always 100% accurate and yeah. there can be a lot of issues where people are like hey I never did this and yet I'm being banned for something that never happened which obviously it's it's mentioned that you can appeal you know the enforcement action that's been made upon you yes and you lose that appeal after the third suspension so uh, at least you right. have uh, the you know some time before it loses that the- ability and I, I think as time goes on they're going to adjust how this works yeah, and make I would a little hope so. bit more fine-tuned and like you said not so broad the fact that something like this is being put into place i think is a good idea yeah uh, i just don't know is i think it's going to take some time to kind of refine it down to a, a better strike system yeah it reminds me of the way that my um workplace does this so if you you have eight points uh, if if you're late, right, and if you reach the eight points, you're liable to be fired. Oh, okay. And you know, there's a quarter point, half point, full point. You 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 get those points taken off every six month, like at at the six month mark. Oh, okay. Um. So, and actually, I agree with the way that this is sort of a setup. Um. Because yeah. then it's like, okay, you haven't done anything for six months. We'll give you some leeway because, you know, you've learned your lesson. That's fine. Um, But again, it just goes back to the whole idea of like what constitutes as being striked. It's just very got to be very careful on what what kinds of things. uh, Yeah. So it looks like it's 
one point for profanity and cheating, two points for something that's sexually inappropriate or harassment and bullying, and then three points for hate speech. So yeah, it's I can see where you're coming from with the generality of it all because it is kind of. I think some of the stuff is already assumed of, okay, that's profanity, Mm -hmm. obviously, or this, you can tell when somebody's cheating or something like that in most respects. Right. But yeah, I can kind of see where some of it can be perceived as being vague. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see how this will, you know, evolve in the near future. So absolutely. But uh, moving on to Discord. Yes. So this is actually quite a unfortunate event. Uh, uh, from what's understood, a hacker stole data of 760,000 users from Discord.io, which if you didn't know what that is, that basically allows founders of Discord channels uh, to change their uh, server URL. Uh, so it's a minimal thing, and I haven't used it, so obviously I haven't been affected by this. Uh, but Discord has now since uh, stopped all operations uh, for the time being. Uh, for a while, so you can't use uh, Discord.io, uh, which is a good move on them because I would hate to see any more people be affected by this. Obviously, this guy has uh, put this on a forum to potentially sell the data, and I just I right. couldn't even think of how many people are like in a, f- a frenzy right now or in a panic of all of their information being let loose uh, into other um, to other people. So it's just it's ridiculous, honestly. Shame on that guy. And there, there was quite a quite a bit of this stuff. User ID, yeah. avatar information, yep. status, coin balance, API keys, which I, some of that stuff can be pretty sensitive, but it, it looks like it wasn't like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, it didn't look like the specific like payment information was in there. Although I think your is it your email address and billing address was in there possibly. Yes, uh, I believe so. So I mean, it's kind of. Yeah, I could see how people would be a little bit nervous about that. But I mean, this is not technically the, this is far from the first time we've ever had a data breach. I mean, I think T-Mobile's had quite a few over the past few years. So, Uh, but yeah, the fact that they did, I I think that was a good approach to at least like disable it for the unperceivable future, just because that's a scary thought with almost three quarters of a million people. uh, Yeah, it is. Some, I guess, semi-sensitive data information on there so it wasn't really anything major that we could break down yeah. because it is what it is so yeah uh, <laughs> kind of just, just have base to information right there but obviously with it. yeah we'll keep you guys updated uh, if anything happens uh there is some information that says that they haven't received any contact from the hacker um mm-hmm. so hopefully maybe there's like a whole hostage ordeal where hacker says hey i'll re- i'll not release this information to the public if you guys give me a large sum of money, uh, which then Discord's <laughs> going to be caught in a, you know, a, a rock and a hard place because, uh, you know, it's like you lose out on this money or you care about your um, users, uh, which I hope the latter would be priority. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, true at that. Uh, this is more of like an update. So not really anything controversial here, but uh, Carvana. Mm-hmm. I was a little nervous about this because... Um, we actually bought our car from Carvana and uh, the whole entire purchase processing experience was, in my opinion, flawless, mm-hmm. uh, which I know other people out there have had considerably different experiences with them just because uh, registration, getting their plates in, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of those issues came came about. 
But for us, it was that nothing wrong happened. So, but really more so of just how they're doing. So um, their third quarter uh, profit is about 75 million, which I was yeah. pretty impressed by. So their shares are up about 4%, which took place on a last Wednesday. So, which I know you're not, you haven't done anything with Carvana, but I think you're still just keeping yourself aware of potential vehicles yeah. you could pursue. For sure. But yeah, because they were going crazy. And I mean, they were on steroids back during the pandemic because uh, just people were constantly going online for car shopping, especially with all of the stipulations that the pandemic kind of threw onto businesses and such. So yep. online shopping just went insane. And this was one of those companies that uh, they kind of took a hit after that. And so now it's kind of been a struggle, but they seem to be on an upward move, even though I think the stocks are around $38, somewhere around there. Uh, back in July, I think it was up to 55 if I'm not mistaken. So, That's But good. I think this is still good uh, just because I would actually hate to lose a company like this. Yeah, uh, like for like sure. I said, I know they're not perfect, but it kind of provides you with that uh, Tesla-like shopping experience to just completely bypass mm -hmm. the whole entire car salesman issues yes. and such. And, you know, do you trust yep. this person? What's this car really like? And I mean, our car has been perfectly fine. I mean, aside from, I think we need to replace the tires because the fuel efficiency is a little bit low, but, um, mm. uh, but yeah, aside from that, it's been, you know, phenomenal. So this is actually good to see. Um, like I said, nothing really you can debate about it. Just more so nope, an update, which I think you have something similar like that, uh, for this next topic, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I think this is actually pretty cool. So there's rumors that Samsung might be working on a 440 megapixel camera sensor. Hmm. Now, it's not just that they're doing this, but that it's reported they're going to be doing four camera sensors. So a 440, a 320, a 200 and then a 50. Hmm. And apparently earlier they had the ambition to develop a 576 megapixel by 2025. So it looks like they're in route to do that. And it's possible we might be seeing something uh, like this maybe next year. Um, the four, uh, 440 megapixel, which is insane. Honestly, uh, that's going to be a massive sensor. <laughs> I mean, this isn't exactly something, again, not nothing really to debate here, but it's just, it's crazy to think that that giant lens is going to be on a camera. Yeah, that is a crazy sensor. I'm really excited to see uh, that improvement. I mean, just think, like, it's coming to a point now where, uh, and I think this is where we could really get into this topic a bit more, where phone cameras are starting to actually take as good of a picture as a nice, solid $1,000 camera. Uh, and maybe that's over-exaggerating just a bit, but I feel like uh, considering where things are heading, 440 megapixels is huge uh, for a phone on its own. And at that point, you're spending about 1000 which is what you would have normally spent on a solid uh, Sony or Canon or Nikon camera. Um, I mean, that's just how I see it. I don't know how, how you view that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we I've I've read articles to that effect of comparing it to, 
you know, $1,000, $1,500 cameras, mm-hmm. and some have actually done pretty well. Uh, I think one of the articles I read was comparing the uh, Pixel phone and yeah. how well that was doing. So I, I think we are there. We're, we're approaching that. Obviously, the uh, the ultimate capabilities of these phone cameras uh, have their limitations just because of the housing size and how much you can actually fit into there compared to a full-on sensor that the entire camera is, that's the, the, the goal of, of, right. of the unit is, is photography and videography. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think we'll ever 100% reach that, at least not in this decade or the next decade. I mean, it really just depends on the technology and what they can accomplish sure. and yeah. if they can counteract that uh, chassis limitation, which is really crazy because I know that if the product is a lower price, then it makes you think, okay, then I am part of the product and, you know, my data is at risk, Mm -hmm. which that has been said about, you know, Google, Android, and any other company that kind of jumps in on that type of approach. Right. But it's kind of crazy because like you're saying, they're the ones that are kind of leading the pack in certain respects. And then I kind of feel like it would be Google. And like we said last week, it's kind of Apple just following along with whatever works and they Mm -hmm. can refine it to a better stage. Uh, But it's really crazy to think about that just because they do push those limits of kind of groundbreaking technology when it comes to phones and what they can do. Yeah. And yet at the same time, they have all these sorts of really appealing prices, discounts, trade and deals. And it's like, how is that even possible? Because you compare it to what I know, right? Apple does. And it's, I don't know. Obviously it depends on, you know, the perspective and uh, the value is in the eye of the beholder. So that's kind of, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't really define that specifically, but uh, right. yeah, it kind of just, it's pretty insane. Yeah, no, it truly is. Uh, I'm, very excited to see uh, this being put on market in the next few years. It'll just be incredible to, to I, I guess, be a part of that in a sense. Yeah, to kind of witness it and then also at the same time uh, experience the actual day-to-day usage and kind of how that fits into capturing those moments. And it's what I like to think about is how would this be one of those stages where you compare pictures and videos from the 90s to what we currently have oh is this yeah. that next step you know and I, th- I think there's only so much that you can do when it comes to what the eye can see obviously we've talked about this i think back in season one of you know it only has it can only see so much i think they were saying like uh either hd or 2k is like somewhere around where where the eye can actually see and, and detect the difference yeah but as far as where you're technically talking about and down to the nitty gritty, that's kind of what I'm, when you, when you say that resolution uh, or the megapixels, that's really what I'm thinking about. Like, could we actually reach that next step where it's going to be a massively dramatic change? So it would be, uh, it'd be something we'd have to actually see. And um, so they they didn't have any specific timeline on this. It's more just speculated, like maybe next year. Um, it, I mean, for the 576 megapixel, it looks like they're wanting to do that by 2025. But the Samsung ISOCELL sensors on this is a rumor are uh, being mass produced in the later half of 2024. Mm. 
and that has the one that I mentioned, a 440 megapixel, which, uh, by the way, the 576, that's over halfway to a gigapixel. Yeah. Which is nuts. That'd be amazing to have a gigapixel. <laughs> yeah, closing out this episode here, Amazon is doing something a little uh, stupid. <laughs> they're uh, they're tacking on a 2% fee. That, that fee is on each product that the seller would actually ship themselves instead of going through Amazon's fulfillment service, which is just... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, that's annoying. Which is kind of ironic because currently the uh, FTC is actually in preparation to hand out an antitrust lawsuit against Amazon. That'll probably unfold here and we'll probably have to do more on that. But um, I'm just like, that's your way of trying to, I guess, encourage those sellers to use the fulfillment service just so they can, you know, make more money. I just find that stupid. You gotta make money regardless. It's kind of like the whole thing of, uh, we talked about it last week on the previous debate episode with Epic Games and Apple, where Epic wanted to basically allow users to make purchases uh, through them, but still an app store, but not have it charged in Apple Pay or whatever. And uh, that that's that whole lawsuit happening as well. And I just feel like it's, we're, I feel like we're seeing a trend of companies not giving leadway to users and I feel like it's more of it's a bad rep on them because it seems like all they care about is money, which obviously any manufacturer, you do care about money, obviously, but it it's a driving force. It yeah. is a driving force. But I also feel like the thing that makes your company a major driving force is your consumer base. So to sort of slap that in the slap you in the face and say, here's a two percent charge. It's like, why would you do that? Yeah. And it's, it's, the funny thing is, is that. Uh, the, the the major difference between those two scenarios is that Epic would be bypassing the 30% de- developer fee. Yes. This 2% is in addition to the 15 and the 8% commission that Amazon already takes from those orders. Yep. So it's like they're just adding on more money for themselves just because these sellers aren't using uh, the fulfillment service, which is, I just find completely annoying. I mean, if you just want to ship yourself and you don't want to use that, I actually have to be docked even more money just because it's like, where are we? It just gets more and more ludicrous. Yeah. Now, now to play devil's advocate, I did just think of something. They did have to lay off like several thousand employees. Um, which I mean, if you think about it, if they've already left that many, there's really no reason for this. But, uh, if inflation is still at a major high right now, uh, very well could be that uh, they're just trying to get that extra edge uh, to make sure they can stabilize their employees. What is your handle on Twitter? I'm curious. Uh, it's Hydrogen Glitch. I was just curious. I, I feel like I feel like it should actually be uh, uh, Devil's Advocate because... <laughs> do I do that Sometimes a lot? Sometimes you, you enjoy playing towards the, uh, the antagonist, um, which I mean, it's important to look at both sides of yeah, you know, what's going on, and I th- I think that's important. Yeah, but I just find this like, uh, yeah, I'm not what saying what purpose could that serve? Yeah, no, I'm not saying like, um, <laughs> oh, this this 
they probably have a good reason for I mean, it. You know, no, I, I, I can understand where you're kind of contemplating and trying to think this out and figure out, okay, where could this be coming from in yes. theory? It's kind of like the same thing that happened with Spotify where they were raising their prices. Was it going to go towards the artist or was it just, you know, more popular just going to mention that, yeah. Uh, profits. Yeah, <laughs> same kind of scenario there. It's kind of just you have to yeah. look at it. Let's take a step back and ask yourself, why is this happening? Um, and... For Spotify, I think it's like kind of a gray area. It's hard to tell, but I feel like for Amazon, is. there yeah. is a plausible reason, but I feel like it goes more towards the end of they're just trying to make more money. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think in some ways you could say that Amazon is in a gray area too because we don't really know what the reasoning is for the 2%, but it's it's still like it, that one. That one feels like it's more poignant because it's at the sellers who aren't using that service. Precisely. So you kind of get that feeling like, oh, they're just trying to nudge me to use their fulfillment service versus Spotify, who's, we really don't, we don't, it's not towards anyone specific. They're just raising the prices. Right. And you don't know who's getting the profit from them. So, exactly. but we could run that into, uh, into the ground and try and determine what is going on in the world of Bezos. But uh, <laughs> we won't go there because that's another billion dollar man that we could try to understand and we just won't. Yeah. In either case, that will wrap up this week's episode. We certainly hope you guys have enjoyed it and appreciate you guys checking in. Uh, we will definitely be back on Wednesday for our regular newscast. This is Jay. Katie and Riley signing off. Peace out.